Like many events, Cisco Live went virtual this year for their 2020 conference. This two-day virtual event included recorded content, live keynotes, panel discussions, and more. CEO Chuck Robbins kicked off the event with a message that included a pledge to power an inclusive future for all. I'm your host, Penny Conway, and on today's all-new episode of Connections to Experience, we're joined by Timothy Allen and Jonathan Copeland, who will break down this full event for us and what Cisco has in store for 2020 and beyond. Timothy and Jonathan, how are you this morning? Good morning. I'm Good doing morning. well. It is for our listening audience. Uh, it's very early where Timothy and Jonathan are this morning. We're going to shake them and wake them up a little bit and start by Tim. Why don't we have you introduce yourself, what you do here at Connection and what brings you to the podcast today? Sure. As you mentioned, I'm Tim Allen. I'm the uh, director of the networking practice and collaboration at Connection. High level, what do I do? Because that's what my wife always asks. What do you actually do? <laughs> I manage the team that does our pre-sale and technology delivery of, on the engineering side. So mainly on the delivery side of the house. Excellent. That's, that's about it. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into that, Tim, I, I'm pretty sure. And Jonathan, how about yourself? Well, and like hurting the cats that Tim probably feels like he sometimes is doing, I'm actually a pre-sales resource. I'm a senior solution architect on our solution architecting team, and I cover all three of our sales subsidiaries, the enterprise, the public sector, and our BSG group. And I focus on data center, virtualization, and security. I'm moving more into uh, cutting edge technologies like Kubernetes and uh, cloud also. Excellent. We're really excited to have both of you here today. One, just to kind of talk about what is going on in the Cisco universe, some of the new technologies that are coming out with WebEx and around security and accessibility, but kind of wanted to take a, a little step back because we are obviously in a, a new time and a new age and how we interact with one another, how we attend events, how we learn things. And Cisco's live event was virtual this year. And and I'm assuming in previous years, both of you or one of you were attending this event in person, right? That is correct. Yeah, I've, you know, I'm sure Jonathan has gone to many conferences, <laughs> but Cisco Live is one that I've gone to for many years. Yeah, it was a strange, strange way to attend the session now, doing it virtually. I think the thing that was the strangest was actually probably the missing the hallway chats, the things that you get outside of sessions and the people that you actually get to talk to. The tech was much the same, but that was the probably the biggest missing point. I was going to ask what was missing and that that's sort of the theme that we've been seeing as you, you know, as much as you try to create those chat spaces and those networking spaces, it just doesn't have the same impact virtually. But was there anything that was enhanced by it being a virtual event? Maybe a speaker that you wouldn't have normally been able to hear, a technology you were able to experience, anything that maybe came to light from it being virtual versus in person? I mean, when you're watching a session, you're pretty focused on it. So you're engrossed in whatever the topic is, but less likely, depending on the time of day and when the sessions are, 
what the distraction levels can be more or less the equivalent. So I, I would say it's it's a little give and take on that topic. I'll say the other thing that I really liked is that I often struggle with conference food. And so having it at home, I could eat what I want, when I want, when I need to eat and not have to worry about any dietary or food restrictions uh, due to, you know, for other people, they, they have food allergies and things. So everybody got exactly what they want. And the one thing I got to chat with, and it was kind of interesting, there was vendor booths in areas. Those vendors were actually able to, as I jokingly asked them, were you able to wear your comfy shoes this time? And they said, yes. <laughs> Excellent point. I have been on a trade show floor for hours in high heels. And I would say that would probably be a positive for those who uh, do trade shows, uh, shifting to a virtual world mm -hmm. is the comfy shoes. Absolutely. So I want to, you know, I mentioned in the intro, Chuck Robbins keynote session. And really, I would imagine as an attendee of the event coming in and to an opening keynote session, there obviously is a lot going on in the world today that needed to be addressed. WebEx has seen tremendous results since the beginning of the pandemic. I think part of the outcomes were Cisco hit more than 25 billion meeting minutes in April, which was three times the size of the normal monthly average previous to this. So what is some of your reactions from the keynote session and some of the speakers that were pulled into that? And what are some of the highlights that came out of that that we can expect to see coming into 2020? So I guess from my perspective, it really was interesting. We're living in rather unique days here. <laughs> so it was interesting to see executives right off the bat, you know, addressing what's going on in our world and talking about it and being very forthright about it and, and addressing it straight up on the top. And, it, you know, part of that is, you know, what affected the delay of, of having the sessions. So I, I thought that was very interesting. My takeaway was from Chuck Robbins and his very first conversation with the audience is talking about where are we today and where are we going? And, and you know, one of the things that he brought up was a, a survey that was done recently or in preparation of this, you know, and obviously very recently is about roughly around 75% of companies are going to accelerate their technology transformation. So, I mean, obviously that's, you know, some of the terminology we like right. to use in the industry, but, but a lot of companies have found that you know, they need to make a change because we've all had a wake up call in the last four to five months here. It's been, you know, either you were ready or you weren't. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't, you've got to be ready for the next time anything happens because you can't do this very many times. So. And then the other part was how much Cisco has actually put their money where their mouth is. So not only have they contributed to a number of causes, but then they've also thought a little bit outside the box. So for instance, they found that within certain of their offices, there was unused equipment that was there. So they had their desktop teleconferencing systems that was on everybody's desk, but did not go home with those employees. And so they found that they could actually take those devices, clean them, and then take them to hospitals that were dealing with COVID and allow them to have that within the emergency rooms, the ICU and other areas. And that was actually a very important in, in allowing families to communicate together where these individuals may not have been able to see their loved ones for weeks and even sometimes right at the end of life where it was so important to provide that comfort. 
So that's really fascinating. I agree with you, putting their money where their mouth is, finding a new way to repurpose equipment for the needs of others. And I think this is a good segue because when you talk about equipment going into hospitals and everything happening in healthcare around telehealth and communicating with patients over the internet and all of that sensitive data, security is a huge piece of that. And I know that there was a lot of announcements about security at Cisco Live. So Tim or John, if you want to cover uh, really what the security enhancements were, what the announcements were, that'd be awesome. Sure. Yeah, it was rather interesting. So it was probably one of the bigger topics that they brought forward at this event. It was a, a new technology or a new platform that they're coming out with. They, they call it SecureX. Interesting. It really is a single unifying platform, single dashboard slash single pane of glass seat. Notice how I'm saying all the, the typical terms yeah. that you've heard over the last 30 years. But we'll, throw, we'll just say we, we made the buzzword bingo. Buzzword bingo. I like that. Buzzword bingo. Yes. Easy for you to say. <laughs> the point being is Cisco's been really modifying and updating their security platforms for the last several years. Truth be told, about five years ago, the only thing they really had was a really good firewall and everything else was sort of just something thrown at the wall. Mm-hmm. And in the last five, six years, they've really done a very good job of bringing in technology, developing technology. But the challenge has been, it still was a bit of things sitting on the table, but and you had to manage them independent of each other and trying to get the telemetry data in and understand what the data meant was a challenge. And so seeing where their strategy is, is they needed a single control platform. And that's what this is, SecureX. So, so I don't know if you saw the same thing, Jonathan, what, what were your thoughts? Yeah. In fact, I, I was going to throw in right about here is I heard one of my favorite new dad jokes. I'm not a dad, <laughs> but I love dad jokes. So the joke was, is uh, why did the IT staff member end up in the burn ward? Ooh. And and the punchline is? Is because he touched the firewall. Oh. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my God. Okay. But um, wow. um, I need a rim shot there. And so <laughs> that would be perfect. But, you know, the, the point is that there are so many devices. There are so many things. I, I've worked in security. I've done pen testing. I've helped with organizations on security before. And one of the things that happens with security is that you're having to look at all of these things and keep track of them. And you have information overload. And with a single platform that they're promising with SecureX to bring these things in together, it's going to really help uh, an organization see that. There's systems from other vendors that help score this. So some get, provide you with a letter score, an, an A, B, C, D type score. Some give you a number score. But here, Cisco's pulling these all in. And one of the promises that they've got is that this is going to help secure not just the traffic from to your internal, but it also going to help you with things such as like your remote office branch offices, mm-hmm. which has always been a piece that's been a struggle, even to the point where they're going to put in the Cisco umbrella and tying that into their secure WAN so that those offices are going to have filtering. So maybe they're going to block things like malicious URLs or sites that may be trying to do command and control bot networks and things like that. So it will really help with things uh, around the areas that companies struggle with, where people are getting ransomware attacks and things like that. 
question for both of you, because I, I think about we've talked about security a lot with, you know, the work from home situation and and what that's going to look like, you know, over the next couple of years. I think naturally there's going to be a lot of folks who end up staying remote. I think some of the statistics are that 25 to 30 percent of the workforce will be full time remote. But remote workers have really been out there. But what was it really about everyone going home and everyone going remote that sort of flipped the switch for people with security? I mean, we're, we're talking about the same humans that are sitting in an office or now sitting at home, the same behaviors. How much more of a security risk was an employee or is an employee outside their home than inside their office today? And how does SecureX sort of fill that gap in what Cisco has been working on for the past five, six years? So I, I would say that what we're looking at is where's the edge of your network? You know, that's that's been the big challenge for the last 10 years for op- network operators is the edge of the network was pretty easy. You, you built your castle, you put your fortress around, you put your moat and you felt relatively secure for the most part, trying to, you know, operationalize what you're doing now, of course, with remote workers. Now your your edge is everywhere. It's permeable. And so you need different tools for this new model of how you're going to manage your network. And so having a platform such as a SecureX, which I see the logic of it, where you're going to actually be able to extend your edge and obviously not just having remote users. You've got workforce platforms and compute that's in the cloud, SaaS technologies, so you have to have a new mechanisms in place to actually manage all of this distributed infrastructure. So, so that's probably the biggest driver. I mean, going back to Jonathan's bad joke, you know, it's not your dad's old network anymore. You know, <laughs> it's changing. You've, you've got to modernize it. And part of that's already was already changing to a certain degree. And we saw that because we saw people had multiple devices. I know I carrying four to five devices that are IP connected. And so what are those devices? Some of those are devices are personal devices. Some of those devices are corporate devices. And when you have that mix, when they're on the network together, how do you segregate that data? How do you protect one from the other? I want my personal device protected from my corporate device. I want my corporate device protected from my personal device. And then when you're at a home, you have all of the other devices that are there. And some of those devices you have zero control over. So a good example would be the Google Nest or or your home lock system, or your camera system, with all of those IoT type devices that are in your network, but the patching updates, et cetera, are not managed by you, but managed by the manufacturer. Those then, what if something happens to their control network and those things are compromised? Then that gives a launch platform into any other device that could be on your personal network. And so the SecureX will let organizations be able to see the type of data that's uh, and what's going on within the corporate devices uh, and secure that and separate that from the individual devices that are there, giving that really deeper artificial intelligence insights on those. Also, I think another piece not to lose sight of is, you know, so Cisco has this reputation of it's all or nothing, all Cisco. And in regards to this platform, they've made a, a very strong statement. They are going to integrate third-party platforms. And so they've they've actually, with the launch, they have integration with ServiceNow within also with cloud platforms such as AWS and Azure and Google. So those are already coming out with the package. And, and then, of course, programmability. That's the other big thing, you know, having the ability to integrate with uh, platforms like Ansible and Chef and 
and some Terraform. And so all of this helps from an API-driven platform be able to add to it as well. So that's the other thing is they basically are allowing for integration into this platform. So if you're not happy with with what they've included, you are able to customize and add to it. So it's going to be more than just, you know, take it or leave it situation. You're going to be able to customize it as well. And that's so important, I think, for any new solution or platform that is in development right now is it has to be able to work with everything. And you said it so well. We have so many devices in our house and we've talked on the podcast before about all these different devices that are now sort of floating around in, uh, you know, commingling with work devices and non-work devices. And we've actually asked the question, how do we make sure that we're secure? And it sounds like SecureX can really have that visibility, see if there's any potential threat, see what's happening across all of those devices in the unknown and, and putting that, that the edge is now everywhere. The edge used to be able, was that, you know, your moat and you could control it. And now it's really, really everywhere. So it's really awesome to hear what Cisco is doing around SecureX and can't wait to hear more that comes out of that as that solution develops. Uh, the next thing I wanted to turn to is what I mentioned in the intro about to powering an inclusive future for all. And I, I do think one thing that the pandemic has certainly given us the opportunity to do is everyone sort of has an even playing field. They can attend all of these events, maybe that they couldn't travel to before. They can hear people speak that they never would have been able to go and see before, learn things, you know, without having to go to a building. There's a lot of conversation around accessibility, not only for the remote worker, but also the distance learner as well, being able able to have the tools that they need to operate in front of a screen. And so what were some of the announcements around accessibility that Cisco came out with at Cisco Live? So I thought one of the biggest changes or one of the biggest things for accessibility was actually the additions to and upgrades to announced around Cisco's WebEx and WebEx and the add-ons that they're going to bring, the artificial intelligence, the ability to say, hey, WebEx, and ask it to start taking transcription, or hey, WebEx, make a note of this, or hey, WebEx, create a calendar event, or hey, WebEx, mark this spot. So what that's going to do, and also the ability for the integrations that they're talking about that WebEx is going to have into other applications Maybe right now I've got integrations for WebEx into my Outlook calendar where I can schedule a calendar invite directly and have WebEx there. But when I'm done, what is that going to do? Well, it could allow me to actually have a transcript. Uh, it could allow me to have it create a uh, to-do list and other things that will come straight out of there. And if we see how this will work, the automation and the API piece of that, the programmability and the automation pieces will let us actually start actioning on this. So when I've created a transcript, I could have that automatically sent to other people or data dumped into a CRM for a customer. Maybe it goes right into their Salesforce system or whatever other CRM system. Maybe they want to have it tied to a ticket. If a customer is using it for a support desk and call center, they could have that dropped right into ServiceNow automatically and tied to that ticket when they've closed that out. So then you could either have the recording, but you could also have what was said there. 
So that's pretty important. It's going to help people because I know that one of the things that happens once you've seen all this going on, you lose track of all that data because you have so many other pieces of data that we're seeing today. We're actually having a lot of information overload because we've got visual, we've got audio, and we've also got what's going on on our screen in a computer program of any sort. I was also going to pivot a little bit more from just the technology, the solutions, the products, but also where Cisco has been heading also, but I continue to see them march more firmly in that direction is opening the gateways for learning about programmability. They've got a great program. This was probably the number two in my list of things that I saw that I've been watching for several years, but it certainly has gotten my attention more so now, certainly based on what's just happened in the world is they're providing a free platform for learning about programming. So they call it DevNet. If you haven't heard it, I would definitely have not heard of it. I would recommend taking a look at it. The platform really can start you from, I don't know what a Ansible is. I don't know what Python is. I don't know what Ruby is. They take you from zero and can get you started wow. up this path and, and get you introduced to these platforms. And so, you know, it's an opportunity for anyone starting their career to start there. I, I, I have, in fact, myself, I'm taking small steps as well back on to that journey because it's been a while since I've actually played at the command line or tried to write a script or write things. And I'm like, you know, it's time for me to, you know, improve my skills as well. And so I've been playing with it recently and uh, I've been very impressed with the platform. And, and and you'll notice in many of these events, Cisco is talking about for the network operator, the network engineer to start to learn and understand this technology because networks are going to be programmed. They're not going to be button and they're not going to be command line. That those days are over. So, so understanding how applications uh, operate and how you build an application, you know, understanding that is going to be critical going forward in the industry. And and I think that is a bit of a democratization that's going on in the industry. Where, you know, if I don't like something, I can write my own code Absolutely. or I can borrow code and write my own little patch or or fix to something that's causing me problem or havoc on, in my environment. And I think about all the steps that go along with that. And that's really, uh, I do woodworking as a hobby. And I often use this as an illustration is that if I'm going to do something once, that's fine. I can create a one-time thing. But if I'm going to repeat that process more than three times, I'm going to make a template for it so that I can repeat that. And that's what really this programmability is all about. So if you're going to do an operation or you're going to do something within and say, we know our customers are creating firewall rules or they're creating policies around network security. And they do this day in and day out every day, hundreds of times in some cases. Well, why wouldn't they go ahead and take the steps to create a small API driven script program, et cetera, to do this for them uh, and then have it automated so that they may drop a little bit of basic information in there, but the whole thing is smooth and data-driven instead of human error and human-prone where we've got possibilities for, for putting in the wrong code. No, that's really, it's really cool. When I think about accessibility, I don't always think that far. I think about, you know, more of what you were saying, Jonathan, with the the AI capabilities, but being able to build a sort of 
a platform playground to start teaching and educating and having people be a part of the development of the future of platforms is, is really, really cool. You know, we've covered a, a lot of some of the major highlights, uh, of course, accessibility, secure X, really what is happening with DevNet that you just covered. Any other last thoughts around or highlights that you really pulled from the live event or thoughts about what is coming? for the, I can't believe the year's half over, but what's coming for the remainder of 2020 for Cisco and maybe a sneak preview uh, in your opinion of of what we're going to see in 2021? So I I would say the thing that more so continues, it's pretty much the same chant, the same song, more infrastructure is going to be cloud-based. The SecureX is actually a cloud-based platform. I expect more technology that Cisco is going to launch is all going to be cloud-based. You look at Umbrella, you look at uh, Duo, which are some of their other security platforms, those are cloud-based. And you actually gain more horsepower by leveraging cloud infrastructure, and you take away a lot of pain of trying to manage infrastructure on your on-premise. So I think that is going to continue to be the march we see coming out of Cisco. There's plenty of other technologies that they're, they're hedging their bets with, but I see more infrastructure, more collaboration with cloud partners, you know, like I was surprised how many times I saw AWS and Mm -hmm. Cisco side by side. That's not something I've seen as much in the past. So, you know, in the past, they've talked a lot about Google, but now they're really showing uh, equality with the conversations with AWS and Azure. And so you're seeing more of that. And the thing I think I'm going to continue to see more build on is the business intelligence and machine learning artificial intelligence, because when we see that, as we started out talking about all of this, that the data that keeps coming in is overwhelming without having something that's going to help correlate that to what's happening and even to correlate that to things that are outside your organization, being able to follow the threat metrics that are outside your organization and being able to pull in and understand, maybe not always a zero day, but maybe something that just understanding that something has changed within your environment and having it alert you that this is different. We're seeing different traffic now and highlighting that to you using the artificial intelligence capabilities that are out there in the cloud and on-prem, we're gonna have a much better way of protecting. It's not so much that we will always be able to block it, but knowing is the first step. Right. Well, they say knowledge is power. Time to detection. That's a big piece. So yeah, lots of changes. I'm equally amazed, Penny, that we're, we're six months into this year. I, it was just yesterday. I think I just got out of bed and it was New Year's Day. I know. So <laughs> things so have changed. So the other joke is I saw that, you know, how do I restart 2020 or how do I delete this whole 2020 file? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, reinstall, yeah. reinstall 2021. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say shut down and restart, but we don't want to restart 2020. We just want to, no. I like deleting the file better. <laughs> so excellent. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Jonathan. A great recap of what took place at Cisco Live last week, what we can expect to see for the rest of the year around security and accessibility and development. So if you are listening today and you are really excited about 
some of these solutions that you've heard, which I know I am, uh, please reach out to your connection account manager and our awesome team here that Timothy and Jonathan are a part of and see how we can help you build or expand your footprint with Cisco Solutions. And on whatever platform you're listening to us on today, please be sure to like, share and follow so you can hear all new episodes when they are released. And if you have questions or comments or want to engage on today's episode, you can always email us at podcast at connection.com. We would love to hear from you. Timothy, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining this very, very early morning on the Connection Tech Experience podcast. I hope you come back and join us soon just to keep chatting about the world of Cisco and beyond. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Penny. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.